are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans in NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Thursday, and a lot to cover. We're going to have some fun in today's show. I'm going to answer a listener question that specifically has to do with Becky Hammond. My opinion on her, whether or not she was or would have been considered for the Pelicans job and why not, since clearly she wasn't. Then we're going to get into more with Stan Van Gundy. He seems to be a polarizing name, I think, for a lot of people out there has to do with the retread stuff. I'll give you a little bit more of a deeper dive on him and some of the other coaching candidates, too, thanks to our friends over at the B-Ball-Index. And then we're going to wrap up talking a little bit about rebounding in today's show because it ties into some of the stuff with Stan Van Gundy. So let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So the first segment of today's show, I want to focus on someone who's not in the running for the Pelicans head coaching job, not one of the finalists, don't really know if she was necessarily someone they even interviewed. But I think it's someone that's worth talking about because there's importance in this. And this question comes from at Spriggles19 on Twitter, S-P-R-I-G-G-L-E-S 19. And he, he messaged me and asked me and says, you know, it seems like the Pelicans have their finalists for the head coach. And I'm just wondering, what are your thoughts about Becky Hammond? I was really hoping she would have been a finalist for the job. Do you think she needs more experience at the assistant coach level? Do you think she's next in line for the Spurs job whenever Popovich retires? I feel like she would have done great as the Pelicans head coach. So one, thank you for sending that to me because I think it's an interesting topic. She's not, I've mentioned her on the show, but she's not someone that we've spent considerable amount of time discussing. And her name comes up whenever there's a head coaching job. Some of it is probably as kind of, you know, a, a token candidate in a way. She's a female assistant coach in the NBA. She's likely to be the first female head coach in NBA history. So she's going to get brought up because it's 2020 and thinking like that is the smart thing to do, the right thing to do too. We shouldn't just have this one box of head coaches and that's the only person that teams, uh, the only type of person that uh, teams look at. Hammond, as far as I'm aware, was not really in the running for this. I don't know if she was one of the people that the Pelicans talked to when they kind of whittled their their original number from like 11, 9 names down to the finalists here. And she does get brought up in a number of other things. The, the main reason is, you know, I don't think, based on what people I've talked to around the league, that she is considered ahead of some of those other assistant coaches names that we've thrown out there. And that's not a knock on her. It's not saying that a woman can't be a head coach or anything like that. I think it's also they're trying not to elevate her too far ahead because she is just a woman, though I think there is valid reasons to do so. So looking at her with the Spurs head uh, with the Spurs role, you know, she's been there now for six years and has the full, full confidence of Greg Popovich. Arguably the greatest coach in NBA history wants her on his staff and has been there for a while and raves about the work that she's done. But I don't think she is the heir apparent to Popovich. I do seem to think that that might be Tim Duncan. When Popovich has been ejected from games, when his wife passed away and he didn't coach a couple of games this season or last season, whenever it was, 
She was not the person who stepped up and led the team. She's coached some in summer league. I think that's important, but I think it's a little bit noticeable and a little bit telling about where even Popovich thinks about her, that she's not the one that's the head coach when he's not there. And I think that probably hurts her a little bit. She's only been a front row bench coach for a couple of seasons now, not even during her whole time there. Now, that doesn't mean she's not qualified. You see people make kind of leaps that maybe they shouldn't because they impress in an interview or what have you. And so she could easily do it. But those are things that are actively working against her. One thing that I don't think is working against her is the fact that she's a woman. When you look at what you want in a head coach or what I would want in a head coach, you want someone that the players just respond to, right? Someone that can get the most out of the players, that can reach the players. It's less the X's and O's and more just, can you get through to someone? That's the biggest thing. We even saw issues with that here in New Orleans. Look, I can tell you for a fact that some of these players really just didn't listen to Gentry. They didn't think he was necessarily the smartest. They thought he, they were smarter than him. Whether that's correct or not, and I think in cases of one or two of these players, they, they, they were wrong on this, but Gentry couldn't reach them. And that's also part of the reason why you've got to move on from someone like that, even if they are a good head coach. The fact that Becky Hammond has reached the players that she's coached is a huge Huge thing. The fact that you can get through to people, no matter who you are, means you can be a head coach in this league. I just think she probably needs more experience on the bench and in a larger role than what she's done with the Spurs so far. And she, her, her role has been increasing with her time there. And so I think that's what's kind of holding her back a little bit when it comes to some of these things. There's probably optics of it too, of her not being the coach when Popovich isn't there. But she is deserving of being a head coach. I do think she would have done perfectly fine here in New Orleans. I actually think basically anyone they're going to hire other than potentially Jason Kidd would be a good head coach here. I'd like truly mean that. Maybe not Dan Tony, but even maybe Dan Tony. Just uh, this is a good time to be in the market for a head coach. Her name probably does need to come up more. And I do think there is some credence and some merit to hiring her partially because she is a woman. I think being a forward-thinking organization says a lot about you and trying to do that. You see people hire you know, people they consider visionaries for those reasons, even if they're not ready for those kind of roles. And making a hire and putting a woman on your bench as the head coach, I do think just in that alone is actually an important thing, particularly when they are as qualified as she is. And she's also a former player in the WNBA. She's fantastic. 450 games in the WNBA. She is very, very good. There is no doubt about that. And, you, you know, thinking about it, she probably should be interviewed more. But being a forward-thinking organization, making that hire that goes so outside of the box, I think there's some merit to that, particularly in a small market where you need to kind of shoot for the highest ceiling possible sometimes because you don't have the ability to necessarily always play it safe, given that the, you're already at a disadvantage. And hiring someone with a higher floor but a lower ceiling. So I do think she's worthy of it. And I do think there is some merit to bringing her in as a head coach or whatever team just because she is a woman. And the different perspective that is and what does it say about your organization and what does that say around the league? I think there's value in that. Just doesn't seem like to NBA people she's ready to make that jump just yet. But I think it's safe to say that it is coming very soon. So we'll get a little bit more into Stan Van Gundy and some of the other coaches here with some of the data I have from the B-Ball Index in just a minute. But today's show is brought to you by rockauto.com. Chain stores, different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. 
RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and always reliably low. Don't just stand at a counter, buy the part that they give you after looking it up on a computer and be like, this is what you got to pay. You've got computers with access to RockAuto.com at home and in your pocket. They have everything you might need, engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, new carpeting. I bought you some like random things I'm going to need for a replacement I'm putting on one of my cars. I need some just like liner spray to make sure a part won't rust that a radiator goes on. They have it there. It was cheaper than getting it at AutoZone or any of those places. So just go online, get whatever you need at the cheapest price possible because frankly, that's what they've got there. The prices are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So do not spend up to twice as much for the same parts. Their catalog is unique, really easy to use. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and like we said, prices. Go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Don't forget, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcasts from. Here Monday through Friday for you all breaking down everything you want to know about this team. No one else is doing it like we are here, so make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. So we're going to keep talking about Stan Van Gundy a little bit. I gave you kind of a breakdown of who he is as a head coach uh, the other day on the show. Listen to that one if you haven't. I, I'm a high on him. You know, when you look for what, what you want in a head coach, again, a guy that players will respect, that they will listen to, you probably need someone with a more fiery personality than Alvin Gentry. Like you kind of go in the opposite of the guy you had before. Gentry was a player's coach. He's fairly laid back and easygoing and you probably like kind of need like a screamer right like someone who's going to kind of get into these guys a little bit and motivate him maybe through that way because clearly the other way didn't work I think Van Gundy Stan Van Gundy has some of that in him and definitely kind of has that attitude that personality to him that I think could work he's a very strong personality and maybe that's what you need right now in the Pelicans locker room to get people to respond so it's also one of the reasons why I'm high on him but our friends over at the B-Ball Index, which have some great tools that I've mentioned to you guys before, um, have stuff on coaches too. And I really, really like that. And their partnership with Locked On has been really great as well. So again, this data comes from the B-Ball Index, their innovative tools, data, and 500 plus player profiles are available to you for just $5 a month or $50 a year over at bball-index.com. Um, and it's definitely worth checking out because it's a really great way to analyze a lot of these players and you've heard me use this here before. But they also have stuff on coaches, including Stan Van Gundy. So let's dive into that a little bit. Now, trying to quantify coaching is not easy, but they do have some coaching optimization rankings. And this looks at data from the 2013 through 2020 season. It looks at performance at that time and does lack some context, but it's worth looking at some of the numbers here. They also tried to remove tanking seasons during all of this. And it's an attempt to quantify the impact a coaching staff has on a team's roster by comparing player talent and then the impact those guys have, then aggregating it at the team level. We can get a better idea for which staffs just kind of make the most of what they have. So are you making the most of the players you have in relation to those players throughout the rest of the league? When you look at all of this, and there's 58 coaches they have ranked during all of this, you've got four seasons basically of Stan Van Gundy. He grades out pretty well. In terms of defensive optimization, he ranks as the 15th best coach. Basically, he's in the 75th percentile. It's good. 
When you look at him in terms of overall optimization, including offense, he's right in there too, ahead of some names that you would know, like Mike Malone, like Monty Williams, Nate McMillan, and some of these other guys. He beats out uh, Alvin Gentry. He's ahead of Rick Carlisle as well too. Doesn't necessarily mean that he's a better head coach than all of them, but basically it shows how much are you overachieving a, a little bit and making the most of the roster that you have. So defensively, which is an area the Pelicans do need to focus on dramatically, they couldn't do anything in the bubble, right? You have a guy who has shown that just stout defensive principles, drilling that into your guys can really get a lot out of them. You know, they did that with Alvin Gentry and Bizdelic. Maybe it just needs the different kind of head coach and a different approach to do it. It wasn't like they didn't focus on defense whatsoever, but you definitely need to try and take a different approach to it, and historically, Van Gundy has been able to do it. Now, offensively, it doesn't look as great for him. Part of that, though, I think is just kind of the mess of a roster that he dealt with over there in uh, Detroit with some of this stuff. It wasn't like it was particularly great of a team there, though he did take him to the playoffs one time. So, uh, you know, how much can you really read into that? And when you look at him historically, what he's been able to do and the fact that he at least is forward-thinking, threes, shots at the rim, all of that stuff... I feel confident that you can make a pretty good offense with the talent that you're going to have here in New Orleans. And also on the defensive side, it's worth noting that basically his team's improved every single year. I really like to see that. Now, they also have some player development ratings on all of this. And are they able to kind of, in terms of percentile, get these guys improving in certain areas? Offensively, when you look at Stan Van Gundy in these categories, he does look very good. Off-ball movement is in the 94th percentile for his offenses. One-on-one, 82% in the um, uh, percentile on all of that. Playmaking, so passing, creating for others, 85th percentile. All of those numbers, really, really good, right? They're lacking in finishing and some post-play, but I don't want this team playing with a ton of post-play. Offensive rebounding isn't great either, but Zion's going to make up for a lot of that himself. Now, defensively, things also look pretty good there. They're playing much better defensive uh, defense or perimeter defense with him. He's right in the middle of that. Interior defense is above average, too. And overall, he grades out as one of the top coaches in terms of player development. So getting the most out of these guys compared to where they were before and how they played after him. So when you look at his job, it shows he can develop talent and get more out of them than what they have done before. If you get a little bit more out of Brandon Ingram, it's a really freaking good basketball player. If you get more out of Lonzo Ball, imagine if you cut down on some of just the bad things that he did and optimized him a little bit more, right? That's a good basketball player. Same for a lot of these other guys. And so I think... When you kind of look at some of the data too, it backs up what you kind of like watch and see and feel with a head coach. And again, it's hard to quantify head coaches in terms of statistics and numbers, but some of the data out there really is in his favor. By the way, some of the, here in the next segment, we'll, we'll tease it with that. So one thing that Van Gundy does struggle with, I think is rebounding with the team. Offensive rebounding is the 15th percentile, defensive rebounding 29th percentile. That's not good. That's important for a couple things. We'll talk about it in the next segment. I'll share some of the other numbers with you guys too. Before we do that, today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. You all know the drill by now. I eat one of these every single day. 
because they're low in calories and they won't kill all and waste all the cardio that I've done. 180 calories or 130 calories. They're high in protein. So they give my muscles what they need. 18 grams of protein, 17 grams of protein, 19 grams of protein. They have exactly what you're looking for. They're basically low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber protein bars that taste better than anything out there on the market. That's really it. They're going to taste like a candy bar the first time you eat these things. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. They're soft. They're easy to chew. They come in delicious flavors. They're absolutely worth giving a shot. This is going to be what your your go-to protein bar is after this. It's really that simple. And if you want to try them, go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON. You're going to get 20% off your next order. They're going to throw in a free cooler with purchase while supplies last. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. And if you've used that promo code before, they've reset it. So you get to double dip and get in there again. So go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off your next order. All right. Don't forget, subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcasts from. The only show coming to you Monday through Friday, breaking down everything about this team you want, whether it's a head coach and stuff. We're going to have a lot on free agency and the draft coming up in the next couple of weeks. And we'll be playing clips of some of our like draft experts, our free agency experts to give you a voice other than mine, which might be a little bit also make it easier on myself and just give you a different perspective on some of these guys too. And I think it'll be a lot of fun and it'll keep you really informed on the draft and everything coming up. So again, make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode of Locked on Pelicans. So I mentioned that Stan Van Gundy's numbers in terms of uh, development with guys that it doesn't, it's not great for the defensive rebounding, offensive rebounding. I'm less worried about offensive rebounding in this segment than I am defense offensive. Like you're going to get points from Zion that way. Like it's really just kind of that simple. And I don't think, Offensive rebounding is one of those things you entirely need to focus on because, frankly, it can hurt your defense if you miss those offensive rebounding chances. And Zion with his quick second jump, like, going to be just fine. It's the defensive rebounding that I am concerned about and I thought was a big problem for New Orleans and it kind of bored out at times throughout the season. Zion himself is not a very good defensive rebounder. And... That's kind of saying something, right? Like Nicolo Melli has a higher defensive rebounding percentage this past season than Zion Williamson did. Lonzo Ball has a higher defensive rebounding percentage than Zion Williamson did last season. 13.7% for Zion. So he grabbed 13.7% of defensive rebounds when he was on the floor. It's not great. Derek Favors is at 29%. Josh Hart, 22.1%. Jalil Okafor, 18%. Kenrich Williams, we kind of know, 17.3%. B.I., 16.6%. Lonzo Ball, 16.4%. Jackson A, 16%. Nicolo Melli, 14.5%. That's a problem. If you want to play that three-out style of ball that Van Gundy might run with Dwight Howard, you know, and four shooters around him, you need to at least try and defensive rebound. Now, when you run that style, you know you're going to give up a lot of offensive boards. It's just kind of how it goes, and you've got to bank on scoring more than the opponent. Even the Warriors' death lineup, you know, that amazing ultra-death lineup that they've run, was a terrible defensive rebounding unit. It was under 70% for, I think, the majority of the time. But they knew they could make up for it on the offensive end, and that the opponents weren't going to grab an offensive board every single time. So that worked really well in their favor. So if you can build your offense to be that efficient, I'm I'm less worried about this, but I don't know if the Pelicans are there 
just yet, though they definitely have the makings of it being able to go that way. You need guys that can rebound at almost every single position. And when you look at some of those numbers, though, Josh Hart, if he gets more minutes, if Lonzo Ball develops into a reliable guy that you trust playing 36 minutes out there, you might be able to make up some of that. But you're still going to need some from your starting big in Zion, whether he's a center or a power forward. It's something to keep an eye on. That's why a guy like Jeremy Grant is kind of appealing. Guys who rebound well for their position, I bet is a trait that the Pelicans are going to look at when it comes to free agency in the draft. Something just to kind of keep an eye on when it comes to this team, because that could potentially be a problem. Now, it's maybe less of a problem if you're not just only trying to play in transition and you actually have a good half-court offense. Offensive rebounds for the opponent kill you because now you've got to inbound the ball, the defense gets back and gets set, and you're not able to really get out there and run. So there you go. Just keep an eye on that, and let's look at who the Pelicans start to target in free agency, and I bet defensive rebounding for guards' wings is going to be a really important thing. Now, I mentioned some of the optimization rankings and the development rankings earlier from the B-Ball Dash Index. Ty Lue, by the way, in terms of overall optimization, ranks third best behind Steve Kerr and Nick Nurse, ahead of Mike D'Antoni, ahead of Greg Popovich overall. He's able to get a lot out of his guys. Now, his player development rankings, kind of low, because he's dealt with an established roster that he didn't need to bring guys along slowly. They knew what they were. They were at kind of their peak, and he made sure they played at their peak. There's something to be said for that. But I wouldn't look to him as much as a defensive or a player development. There's that's the D word development that I'm thinking um, overall for the team. So if they're thinking they're really competitive in the short term, lose probably the best bet for them. They want to think a little bit longer out. I like Stan Van Gundy over him for this role. So something to keep in mind with some of those other numbers and the contextual data that we've got on coaches. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. Big thank you to rockauto.com for sponsoring today's show. Go to rockauto.com in the How Did You Hear About Us box. Put Locked On. Let them know we sent you. And, of course, Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com. Use promo code Locked On for 20% off your next order. And don't forget to subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts from. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all tomorrow.